0: Welcome to another episode of Mental Health Matters. This is Tom Duff. I'm the Executive Director of St. Louis Counseling and a licensed clinical social worker. So I have the heart of a therapist and the mind of a businessman. Um, I don't know about either of those, but anyway, it sounds good. But um, once again, uh, we are here to have um, some conversation, talk about mental health, how mental health affects all aspects of society. It's just one form of our overall health. And so uh, we'll get into uh, talking about some specifics with um, uh, military and veterans and and active military. But I always put my plug in first. If you feel like, well, first of all, subscribe to our podcast, right? So make it easy on yourself. Um, Download the podcast. um, Also become a subscriber. Um, You can find it on our social media pages. And also, if you are curious about our services, look at, stlouiscounseling.org that's saint spilled out stlouiscounseling.org and also if you want to be a sponsor of the podcast please reach out to debbie dugan and that is d dugan d d u g a n at c c s t l and she can help you uh maybe understand if you uh some of the details on how to be a sponsor But as always, we try to um, help people realize how mental health's woven into our everyday worlds. We bring on intriguing guests, and today is no exception. We have Major Stephan Baker from the Missouri Army National Guard with us. How are you, Stephan? Very
1: well, very well. Um, Happy to be here, and and, um, happy to see you again. It's been a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, so um, we were introduced um, several years back now, and uh, we were able to partner with Missouri Army National Guard uh, in regards to kind of helping out some of the active, uh, duty individuals with understanding, you know, different aspects of mental health and stigma. Right. And, uh, so with this podcast, I'm like, we gotta keep, I keep thinking like, how can we get major Baker on how can you get major Baker on? <laughs> right, and, uh, I've right. just reached out and boom, you were like, I'm in, let me help you. Okay, so, good, good. um, I'm excited to have you on today. Yep. And so being able to talk military, um, be able to talk, um, Uh, just some of the different issues that you guys face here and there but you know maybe a great place to start is uh, how did you when did you realize you wanted to go the route of military and then what's some of that story
1: and so um, what um, what got me into the military I was in law enforcement first to begin with and then Mm -hmm. of course uh, through law enforcement you know you meet a lot of people but my passion to to help people to resource people to get into mental health probably came from law enforcement so I wanted to to um, uh, continue my education in that realm. And I was in the National Guard anyway, so I decided to go active duty about 2006, active act guard reserve. And uh, and from there, um, I just kinda grew into the uh, helping soldiers. It was a passion, loved it, loved the way it made, it, made me feel. Um, and then as my education grew and masters of, of counseling and then, um, uh, of course, now working on a doctorate, and I got into family warrior support in about 2013-2014. Um, that uh, my career really started to take off after that, mm-hmm. and um, and it's been it has been a wonderful experience so far. I'm sure we're going to talk about some things this morning. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just been a great it's been a great road and great success in helping people, and not just that, but helping soldiers. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's been great. So that's that's kind of the the, the lead or the segue into. Um, how i got into the military uh-huh. uh, especially in the family warrior support arena mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so do you uh so from uh, maybe help people understand a little bit mm-hmm. that may not understand national guard right sure, so sure. maybe so you're active um in right. the sense that that's your full-time job right right but we also know there's people that do one weekend a month right yeah so maybe explain a little bit of that
1: so the engineering of it is that I, yes i'm active guard reserve but but the, so the missouri national guard um most Most is made up of um, M day, what we call M day soldiers. So they attend one week in a month uh, and 14, 15 days out of the year. And so that is their mission. They they contract, they have a military service obligation for um, so many years, but they go one week in a month, whatever branch they're in, and they do their mission, they do their training. and then they do their two weeks of what they call annual training. So, so that is mostly what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 full time component of the Missouri Army National Guard is, um, you know, a lot smaller. Um, but but ninety three hundred uh, 9, folks or ninety three hundred soldiers in the Missouri Army National Guard mostly is M day soldiers, mm-hmm. mostly M day. And I say M day and I and I apologize for the acronym in the yep, military yep. acronym things a lot in uh-huh. mental health they do the same thing <laughs> yes they so do you gotta kind of really listen closely but uh-huh. i'll try not to acronym but um agr is active guard reserve and that's active what i am guard full-time reserve. but but a lot of things we're going to talk about i guess this morning um allude to or point to uh treatment and resourcing of, and, and helping, uh, M-Day soldiers mm-hmm. and not just so that we help everybody, mm-hmm. but mostly it's M-Day soldiers, You're one weekend a month.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. why do you, um, and I know we'll probably, we'll probably end up jumping around, um, okay. just cause you know, we have a, we have, I think we'll have some good conversation, right. so, you know individuals that are um coming in right um one weekend a month and then you have um you know 14 15 days um you know throughout the year right mm-hmm. um but why why do you think the, the national guard wants to take care of those people some of the programs you're involved in right
1: well you know just like everybody so we want to take care of of our own and and to do that you have to understand the missouri army national guard just like other components um are based around readiness. It's all about readiness. And, and that is a, co- a complex mission. Um, and for your soldier who has to, um, they have to leave their family, leave their loved ones, they have to deploy or mobilize or go off to some training, that that takes quite a bit of readiness. And there's a lot that goes into it. There's physical readiness, there's training readiness, and there's mental health readiness. And the mental health pr- aspect, um, I it, it, in, in my opinion, is probably one of the most important because it can be a what what the military calls it can be a showstopper. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a barrier to um, that soldier meeting their mission and doing their training. And so, I think we have done well. And I say we. Um, and I got to say this. Let me let me say this uh, before we go any further. You know, these are my opinions of successes that successes that we've had. And the programs that we've created, uh, not expressly of the of the Army or the Missouri Army National Guard, but these are Stephen Baker's opinions, so mm-hmm. I had to say that. But, yeah, but we we have gotten better at producing programs that resource soldiers that um, that seem to alleviate barriers to care. And what I mean by that is sometimes people, and you you know this through your profession, sometimes people have a stigma or a fear mm-hmm. of seeking. Um, of pursuing help-seeking behavior. And so we don't want that. We want everybody, um, every soldier that has an incident or every soldier that has something problematic to come forward and seek help. And as you well know, um, the faster they can do that, the better off I think things are. And Mm -hmm. so so we we got a lot smarter in creating programs
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so some of those prevention type prevention programs. type programs, educational at a, at type the programs, beginning, yeah. right?
1: And and I have to say, men, and and Tom, we worked together. I you know can't thank you enough and your team for for helping us out uh, when we created a program called the Substance Use Reduction Program. Uh, it's one of the programs that I created uh, back in two thousand fourteen, and, and it's going well. But if but it, it, it's great to have you all you know, um, resourcing and helping us out make that program successful. But back to the original question Mm -hmm. about resourcing so um it seems as if and and it might be for the civilian sector as well but it seems like with soldiers um the faster you can provide a resource the better off um that soldier may be Mm -hmm. and we're talking we're talking any problem that's addressed or brought to the surface and they want to speak to you about um the faster you can resource, I think just the better off uh, they can be. So, for example, um, you know, we find out we find out that soldiers um, in the Missouri National Guard and and all over across all uh, guard states and territories, um, it seems to be like a lot of the problems happen in these categories. It's either maybe a substance abuse issue or a relationship issue or a a work related unemployment or underemployment Uh issue. Or a financial issue, it seems to be in those categories, and you might have the same experience. Mm-hmm. But um, so we, we we got smarter with saying, okay, since since we see a lot of problems following these categories, let's see what we can do about program, um, creating some programs. So uh, we finally got uh, mental health on board, um, and they have been great. Um, names: uh, Major Mark Fleming and um, Major Lethwich, and and the mental health crew, and. Uh, Dr. Fuchs and all that—they—they they really have, over the years, uh, really helped out, uh, us tremendously in reaching out and developing those effective programs to touch soldiers, mm-hmm. kind of like a what I call platform platform programs. Uh-huh. And so, um, <clears throat> right. So, so in 2013, we started to create. It seemed like the more programs, when I say programs, I mean stuff like um, program like substance use reduction program. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's a the Missouri Army National Guard does very well, but sometimes you have a soldier that'll pop, that will um, test positive mm-hmm. for a certain controlled substance and they have to go through a process in the military. But we offered a program to say, okay, if, if, if these soldiers are struggling in a certain area, let's create a substance use reduction program of one week in a month, have them attend an eight hour program mm-hmm. uh, on a Saturday of a drill weekend. And then let's see what the effect
0: Perfect. That yeah. has the data, the support. Correct. It. So yeah. it's just
1: like a regular, you know, um, they're coming in to an intervention, and that's educational. Our interventions are educational programs. They they go they they conduct the eight hour, they attend the eight hour program, and then they come out, and then we kind of follow them. We have their mm-hmm. commanders follow them very closely, and that's to see um, if what's going to happen after they attend this program. So it's kind of like a we're looking at. We're looking at um, a lower what they call a lower recidivism rate. We don't want them to recede back to uh risk taking behavior mm-hmm. so we that was one program that that I created that was just um and others helped me out with it that has been working quite well and it mm-hmm. gives it gives a commander perspective once they go to the program uh, they're allowed to stay in the guard for just a little bit. I mean they're allowed to stay in the guard, but they they're watched. Uh, very closely uh, by their commanders, kind of like put on a probation kind uh-huh. of thing. And then it was, it was very amazing because what we were finding out with the Substance Use Reduction Program was that once they went through the program, um, if they were going to recede back to risk-taking behavior, they would usually do it within the first six months. After they got past that six to eight month mm-hmm. mark, um, they would kind of level out and there, there seemed to be less problems. The recidivism uh-huh. went, rate went way down. Wow. So I guess I, I explained that to you because that, that's one example of educational intervention mm-hmm. and then collecting the data, collecting, you know, the qualitative feedback from the soldiers while they're in the program. Like, what do you all need to be successful? Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, looking at the numbers and the recidivism rate is still declining to this day. So
0: that's, awesome. um,
1: that's just one example.
0: Well, and, you know, and what's cool about that is, well, I mean, there's several things, but... One is you're giving people this, this intervention, this education, right. these new skills, right? right? And then, yes, it's helping um, helping the Army out, uh, National Guard out, right? right? But then they're taking that back into their personal lives and their work lives, um, which sure. improves that, that, it's that integrated level of, of intervention. Right. So you're actually helping improve communities um, in that regard as well, too. That's right. But then it's also, you know, I think it shows, so, when you think about it from the outsiders perspective they're like oh the military very regimented um, right. very um, uh, black or white um, and, and and just the way it is it's no change right and so it's kind of showing how you guys have realized hey wait a minute um, maybe maybe they can get a couple strikes and we can keep working with them correct. and help them out you know depending on what the, the level of issue is
1: and when you when you say strike so so correct they, it's the second chance it's the psychology of Offering a second chance to to someone that I found out through talking to um, soldiers for years in this program um, that they just they just love the hey we got a second chance with 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 um, you know because they want to stay in the guard and they want to do good things they just kind of got off the little beat, you know they kind of got off the beaten path a little yeah. bit now this is a these are soldiers that go to the substance use reduction program that um, that they're it's a one chance thing so they've they've tested positive once and then there they get a chance to stay in but you know there's usually no second or third chances mm-hmm. um, but this is a one-time second chance thing where um, just the idea of, of um, just the idea of getting the ability or getting the opportunity to talk to somebody face-to-face about their problems and then they go talk to mental health and they get one-on-one counseling um, and they talk to me of course and as a family warrior support so um, this was a it's just, it's just a great opportunity. It seems like a good networking system mm-hmm. for soldiers to get a voice there, mm-hmm. their frustrations and all that. And they take that back. Um, like you said, they take that back to their families. They take that back to their leadership mm-hmm. and those that are willing to stay, um, you know, can become, usually come, become strong soldiers. Mm-hmm. They become good NCOs and, and they have a story to tell mm-hmm. that, hey, I was at rock bottom one time, but I bounced back, which comes into a resilience factor thing. Yeah. And you know, You you both know about you you know about the resilience importance of resiliency and that's what we try to do at Family Warrior Support. It's all about offering the components and development of resilience. Mm -hmm. And uh, so yeah,
0: the family mm -hmm. what Family Warrior Support Warrior Support Mm -hmm. Support. that's right support. So um, explain what that a little bit of that is. So Family Warrior Support. What they do is it's a
1: for better words. It's a lot of different. Uh, sections and programs that offer resourcing. So for example, you have, you have the uh, Suicide Prevention Program Manager, um, you have Family Programs, you have Citizen Soldier for Life, you have Family Assistance Centers, um, SOS, uh, you have the Chaplaincy that works there as well. So just for example, you have um, a lot of different um, sections of Family Warrior Support that offer a resource. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just like anything, it's, it's like a hospital where a patient comes in and they have to be case managed. Mm-hmm. Or even they go to a doctor's office, they have to be, you know, there's, there's gonna be a case management type, um, type work with that person. You have to figure out what's the best resource mm-hmm. to get this person back on track. And if I could say it that way, Family Warrior Support, that's exactly what they do. Wow. Is is they come in and when I came in, I created what's called the Resource Management Team. We take a soldier that's having some some problems, you know, something problematic in their life or some issues, and we we staff it. When I created that R, it's called the RMT Resource Management Team. And see, I'm, I'm trying not. Yeah, to that your acronyms. acronyms.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're breaking it down. But
1: mm-hmm. but just as in mental health, you all do the same thing. Oh, the we case do case management. You yeah. might call it something different, but same concept. Yeah is we get the team together and say, okay, if this soldier's having problems with employment, then let's get them the employment resources. Let's find out where the, where the jobs are located, where, what opportunities there's, that is, that's out there <coughs> so we can get the soldier a job. Because if that's the number one thing on the stress list, then that's the number one thing we need to address. It's a triage. Mm-hmm. It's a triage type, mm-hmm. type um, thing. And, and you're familiar with that. You have to triage the stress to mm-hmm. find out which one's causing the most psychological
0: pain. Yeah, peel back all those layers, right? There, there yep. it is, and yep.
1: and so that's exactly what we did, and, st- and to this day we still have the resource management team, what's called the RMT. And if it's a um, if it's a financial situation, I mean, a soldier might have a problem with paying bills for some reason. We don't have many of them, but we do have some that come uh, forward and say, "Hey, I'm having problems with with paying a bill." Whatever they they apply to the. Um, family relief fund they put in their packet and in about two or three months they'll get a response back saying okay here's what we can we can give you some um, mm-hmm. help in some financial areas mm-hmm. and uh, that program works well well so those are two examples of of number one identifying what the problem is getting the soldier in or getting them you know getting the mental health counseling or getting the family warrior support and then finding out what resources is commensurate to their needs. If, mm-hmm. I, if I could say it, that's probably the best way to say it. Is you got it? You got to find out what resource or what what problem-solving skill is commensurate to their needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could be a it, it could be a it could be a short thing where that worked pretty well, and, and the soldier or the person never has any more any, any issues. Yeah. And then again, it could be a long-term thing where they need to go see mental health and and, and uh, you know be referred outside. Uh, to a, um, a therapist or mental health counseling and um, it, That might be a longer term mm-hmm. treatment mm-hmm. regardless we track them We keep mm-hmm. we keep track of them and and try to continuously continuously provide Resources and mm-hmm. when I keep saying resources um, That that could mean a lot of different things It just depends on what the problem that the problem presented problem is mm-hmm. and I mean, you and know, I can sit here and talk um, for hours about that. Yeah. You, you helped out with SERP. Yeah, uh, yeah. Substance Use Reduction Program. Mm-hmm. And you were part of that educational piece of, let mm-hmm. me talk to you about stress. Ten soldiers in the classroom talking about stress and, and how to cope and how to, you know, develop some coping skills and those things. Just, they add to the, the whole toolbox
0: for a soldier. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The toolbox is yep. so yep. important. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those toolboxes look different, you know, based on from being a soldier to a private citizen. So mm-hmm. sometimes... They have to have those multiple tools because they, they're navigating different community right. systems or military systems. Right. But how? So stigma, right? We right. so stigma in general for mental health. It's out there everywhere, right? And so right. I would think, and just from working with some of the the individuals as well, too, you know, for them, within the military, saying, well, I I don't want to tell because you know I don't want to be perceived as. I'm, you know the word soldier, right? Um, says power. Um, says like I, I'm in, con, I'm in control, or I can, I can help. I don't want to seem weak, right? Um, so I'm sure that's something you guys come up against. Or you know I want to move up the ranks, and I don't want to be seen as um, mentally weak. You know, and that's I remember some of those things people have said. Uh-huh. So how do you, how do you fight that? How do you try to get that message out?
1: So, um, for what? Let me uh, I'll back up a little bit, then I'll get to that mm-hmm. question. So um, anecdote. Anecdotal evidence started to come our way, uh, w- which means that possibly there were some soldiers. There were soldiers that were coming forward that were saying, "Hey, um, we are we're we're not really confident in reporting. We're not really uh-huh. confident in in pursuing help-seeking behavior." And so we thought it was out there a little bit. Um, w- with every organization, it is with every company. You know, there's yeah. fear of of reporting a critical incident or something that could be embarrassing. So. So what we did is I got with mental health and we all got together as a team sat down and kind of brainstormed and said, well you know, um, our senior leadership is interested in is there really stigma? is there fear that is out there in our ranks? And if so, uh, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And senior leadership at the time was like, I, I, they want let let's get the answer. And the only way to provide answers sometimes is to do a study, so we did a in 2018. Uh, over a three or four month period, we did what's called a stigma study, uh-huh. using uh, some different um, measurement tools and engaging tools. And the outcome of that study was: is there was a little bit of a presence of of stigma in the ranks, and there were some demographics that came out, and there were some informa- there was some information that came out that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. And there was a presence of of fear of um, soldiers. Um, not wanting to pursue help seeking behavior because of the possible um, impact it could have on their career. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the research out there, uh, and I know you you study a lot of research as well as I do. When you look at the research out there, um, across all guard states and territories, there's been a lot of studies, even um, active army reserve and guard across the board. Um, there There's a lot of fear out there of soldiers not wanting to come to their leadership or go to their supervisor because of the embarrassment shame or the guilt mm-hmm. that's attached to it so they're like you know I'd rather just not say anything because they're afraid they might not get promoted they're afraid they may be not uh, they, they be um, categorized or you know put mm-hmm. off in an area where they're not able to grow in their career so they're afraid mm-hmm. bottom line is there's a stigma yeah so once those stigma studies came out which were very helpful, um we started to address and we're still addressing to this day uh the different the different programs that we can either refine some of the programs the existing programs that we have in resiliency or we're you know in in the uh in the process of creating new programs Mm -hmm. so it was it was very interesting and hopefully that i i i got i answered your oh yeah yeah but um there was stigma out there there still probably is but the good thing about Family Warrior Support and Missouri National Guard is we're we're, we're on target with the problem, mm-hmm. and it seems to be getting the problem being uh, fear um, and lack of confidence with soldiers reporting incidents. It seems to be getting a lot better. So I can tell you since 2014 or since 2013, we have continuously added educational programs uh, like Enhanced Resilience programs, Substance Abuse uh, Reduction Program, um, Strong bonds for married couples or relations, you know, somebody mm-hmm. in a relationship, and it seems like the more programs we have in the educational arena, our our suicide incident reporting has gone up. Mm-hmm. Now, for those that, I mean, it it may seem what I just said, it may seem well, if it's going up, that's bad, but the correlation is that they're feeling more confident in reporting. Yeah. So now yeah. we're getting those. Reports in, and we have more voluminous data in which to act from. Mm-hmm. And soon it's going to plateau. Mm-hmm. Soon it's going to go down, and you're going to see resiliency grow in the Missouri Army National Guard, and it is already. Mm-hmm. We have, uh, and I can tell you, with the Missouri Army National Guard, um, we're one of the top states across the um, U.S. with readiness. We we are one of the top states in ready to go anytime, anywhere, mm-hmm. um, and deploy and mobilize. So that's that's because we we have we have good mental health we have a strong mental health program Mm
0: -hmm. well and it's well let me jump before i hit this subject you know with that and and like you said the suicide rate and that's so Mm -hmm. important that the the suicide rate of reporting or the ideations um uh reporting to that is so important because so often we hear tragic stories right um either about a vet um or anybody right like i had no idea um they kept that to themselves there was all those those thoughts that they just didn't know what to do with and so with that that's the great data to show like Mm -hmm. hey we're getting more people to reveal those thoughts which then means those um those interventions can take place and then we're after it then and we can be able to to help in some level perfect so that's like that's exactly what we want you know perfect um Mm -hmm. with uh well, let me ask you this: uh, what what drives you to keep this moving forward?
1: Well, probably the same thing that drives you every uh-huh. day with military. Yeah, problems. I don't know. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. No. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> it, it, it could match. Maybe it doesn't. Yeah, we yeah. all we all have different motiv- motivators, right? Um, you know, I had a I had a soldier come to me one time, and um, uh, when I first came on as deputy chief, a um, family warrior support, and um, this this person's story was was shocking, but um, it just seems like when people come and talk to me, it was it was a matter of by the com- by the time they come and talk to you, there's um, a thousand things they're trying to to juggle, mm-hmm. I, and I, I felt like we have to do something. You know, we mm-hmm. this is this is things don't get better. We start, we have to start, um, you know, getting smarter, resourcing soldiers. So um, I guess I guess that was one of my motivators. But the other thing is it just I guess it just makes me feel good to know that. We're paying attention. We're out there continuously trying to save lives. And that's really what it comes down to is all this work in studying the research, creating a program, creating a program, making that program an intervention, and then studying the outcome or the effects of that intervention such as the the Enhanced Resilience Program, Mm -hmm. which is one of our top programs. Um, We can talk about that later. just to see the effects that it has and the positive effects that it has just makes me feel good. It mm-hmm. makes me feel like we're, makes me feel like we're making a difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's really what drives me is, is, um, is just just the ability to make a difference. And uh, some of these programs that that we've created have gotten National Guard Bureau attention, and now they're interested in um, hey, uh, that that seems to work pretty well for you mm-hmm. um, especially with protective factors study. Mm -hmm. So um, I guess I'll get back to your question. What drives me is just the ability to try to save lives because as you, as you know, um, the only thing standing between um, a soldier or a person and absolute psychological pain or self harm is you. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. that makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. makes me feel like that, like maybe this is a, this is, this is good that we continue along these lines and we continually study the problem Mm -hmm. just as you do in mental health. Yeah. You have to continually study the problem because things change.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Demographics and and dynamics change.
0: Our society changes, society changes things like, you know, the onset of social media that changed. I mean that changed people, the way people think, the way people act, the way people date, uh, communicate, you know, I mean, so yeah, when society changes, we have to resiliency, the way they
1: cope with stress you know yeah. the younger generation has a much different perspective than than we do now based on based on the way we were raised versus mm-hmm. what they have now in social media and all the technology and yeah. I, do, I do think that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, we we notice with the young young people that some of their coping skills and some of their um mental toughness or what you call mental hardiness mm-hmm. is just not there. Mm-hmm. And it takes more resourcing for them um than it would for you or I.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that that dri- I tell you, it drives me just to, just to, the ability to, to affect change. That's really, it could if it's the number one thing I could say. That motivates it motivates to affect change. And I'm currently taking on a doctoral program, um, in which I graduate next year. And th- this this program that I'm that I'm at, th- this doctoral program that I'm taking, does just that. It teaches you to affect change. Mm-hmm. It teaches you how to, um, you know, do the study, provide the interventions, you know, collect the data, you know, just like to do research. But then it also teaches you to, um, once you get that data, what are you going to do with it? Are mm-hmm. you going to create something to make a difference? Mm-hmm. Or are you just going to sit on the data? Yeah. And, uh, okay, well, it is what it is. I, I tend to think that, as you probably do too, is when you have the information at your fingertips, let's do something with it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we've done. Mm-hmm. And so I think we've been able to affect change in the Zirma I mean, National Guard with with suicide prevention and intervention. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I've had I've I've, um, I've been on the other end of a phone call with soldiers to say, Hey, thank you very much for this or that. If it wasn't for that resource, or if it wasn't for you, just calling me at two three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. impact. It's simple like that. Yeah. And you've had the same, you've had the mm-hmm. same experience, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So it makes me feel good. I that's why I love mental health. I think it's, it makes me I can sleep at night. Uh-huh. So better. Yeah. yeah.
0: So the, the stressors. Okay. So we talk about, we know stress in society affects us on, fe, stress affects everything, our physical health, everything. And a lot of times we, we think about um, veterans um, uh, with the VA, and you know, we see studies out there and, and things that happen. And even with soldiers, we always think about, uh, okay, stress, that must be, you know, people just say that's PTSD because they were in combat, right? And there's so much more to it. And when you talk about the national guard, right? I mean, what are the different types of stressors? Um, you're on it, Tom. You're, okay.
1: you must've been reading or paying attention. Cause okay. you're exactly I had, right I had a good mind. night's sleep every <laughs> once in a while. Yeah.
0: Um, you're right on the money with that. Yeah. That's right. That's so exactly right. I th- maybe help, um, people out to understand what is that world of stress well, uh, that you guys experience.
1: So in the military there there's, uh, um, the stress of, like I said, the key word's readiness. At, any, at a moment's time, you have to be able to pick up, move out, leave your family. That creates a hardship. Or go train. That creates a hardship. And um, uh, because you're, you're separating yourself from your network of support. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, if I had to do it over again, I'd sign up again. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm still, of course, serving and love Missouri National Guard. But I, I would do the same thing. I love to serve. But it comes at a cost. Mm -hmm. And that cost is stress. And, um, so, you know, stress, um, with soldiers is more in the line of, um, now you're talking when I say the the stress in relation to the guard, it's M day. It's, it's your, it's your soldiers that, uh, train one week in a month, uh, 14 or 15 days out of a year, sometimes even more, they, they then they are they're, they're called to pick up go you know, you know they're called to a mission to pick up to mobilize to deploy, and their life changes drastically from point A living in their you know living in their community and doing their job civilian job to going and living a different life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So from point A to point B that changes drastically. Then they have to reintegrate themselves back into the civilian life, mm-hmm. whereas active duty. Um, you know, they might be going back, they they might be going back to a post. They might be going back to an active duty installation where your national guardsmen have to go back to a community. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that plays a lot, that plays, um, that plays, uh, on a lot of stress. There's a lot of stress that is, um, that occurs with them trying to reintegrate themselves back to that. And Mm -hmm. you know about reintegration and that can be easy for some people. And that can be harder for some people. Mm-hmm. So when you're, uh, if you want to just talk along that one line of stress, where it becomes, they have to pick up, go deploy, and come back and reintegrate. Where the other, the spouse has been um, doing everything while that person's gone, um, deployed. They've had to, you know, pay all the bills and do all the work, and they've had to do everything to keep the house running and the kids taken care of. And then the other person comes back and. Um, hmm. um, now, now roles have to change back to where they were, yeah. and that can be stressful. And so know. that is the specific variable that we're dealing with when you're talking about the Missouri Army National Guard with, with M-Day soldiers. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a, that's one lane of yeah. about a thousand that I can talk to you. I just was going to say, yeah, it's
0: just one as, and that's something that mm-hmm. I just don't think the general person understands or even thinks about. That's it's, a great conversation. You know? Yeah, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, and then And then the things that's you know flooding um you know it's not just packing sandbags right right um i mean i mean you could be seeing people and you're seeing community members in tears because they're watching their house um flood uh you're seeing bodies you're seeing you know loss of pets i mean Mm -hmm. that's the thing i don't think we realize um a lot of times because we're like oh they're just helping
1: and they have state emergency duty as well they soldiers go on state emergency duty with all the flooding and and stuff that's been occurring. And, and that is another mission that they have to, you know, leave their families for a while to go on as well. So that is true. Now, I know, I know you uh, alluded to uh, some things about um, you know like, most people think PTSD and those things that um, um, people or soldiers can acquire, um, it's related to combat. And, and, and true to fact, there are cases out there, there mm. are a percentage of them that, that do acquire post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, due to a traumatic incident but but when you look at the Missouri Army National Guard, and I think um, across most guard states it 's mostly not combat that causes those kind of uh, that causes post traumatic stress let 's just say post traumatic stress yeah. because i mean there's a lot of you know there 's a big difference between the stress and then the disorder, but with post traumatic stress so um normally it comes from categories that I talked to you about um, either there might be some financial stress going on in their life there might be some relationship issues going on uh, under uh, unemployment or underemployment and maybe substance abuse or there might be other uh, family issues that are going on or things in their life that are going on um, that cause Mm -hmm. PTS Mm -hmm. and over a long period of time chronically that weighs on a soldier's ability to be effective and so um, that also adds to the stress. So that's why we try to teach resiliency. Um, mm-hmm. Hey, there's a, there's a problem. Let's identify it. Let's let's get into that self-compassion thing. Let's get into the, the awareness of the problem. Let's get into the um, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And I know you've studied the mindfulness concept before. Let's get into the mindfulness part of the problem and see where we can go with um, solution-focused mm-hmm. solving the issue. Mm-hmm. And it might take one month, it might take many months, but not getting off on a tangent. um, That seems to be, you know, like those categories I talked to you about, that seems to be um, areas where soldiers struggle.
0: Mm -hmm. And if you can wrap around those, Mm -hmm. the soldier around those, supports around those areas, Mm -hmm. there's gonna be a better chance for success.
1: Sure. I you mean, you, you just have to, if, if, it's, a, if it's a relationship issue, um, a soldier comes and presents relationship is- issue to their chain of command, chain of command calls, you know, to get them in, in for a mental health evaluation. Um, or they might call family warrior support and say, hey, we need this person to go to the strong bonds um, mm-hmm. program that, that occurs in the Lake of the Ozarks over a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday over a weekend where you can sit down and the chaplains will talk to you, mental health will talk to you. And it's, it's kind of like a little vacation also for the couple. Wow. Um and that's like I said, that's an educational intervention. Let's uh-huh. see how they come out afterwards. I, I think that that paradigm has been successful for the Missouri Army National Guard. Wow. It's been successful because we've you have to target the problem. Yeah. You have to be somewhat on target, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. So to say. Yeah. In your in your line of work, you have to be on target. And it's an investigation mm-hmm. for the most part until you find out what the right resource is.
0: You mentioned uh protective factors right. as well too. Studying that A lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's pretty interesting. So, you Mm -hmm. know, a proactive way of trying Mm -hmm. to get in front of some problems, right? So uh, maybe talk a little bit about what you're, what you're seeing with that. Protective factors. So, um, got dug in heavily to the
1: research on protective factors. It seems like people tend to uh, respond better to discussion of positivity, positive psychology, uh, self-compassion, and what we're now is protective factors um they seem to respond in a more healthy way than if i would sit here and tell you let's talk about your let's talk about your suicidal risk factors Mm -hmm. that might not be so good Mm -hmm. that might not be the best approach for Mm -hmm. a person because number one you might spiral them back to re-experiencing something they don't really want to they don't really want to uh go back and they don't want to go back and think about that or experience it but if you're looking at it from a positive perspective um, it might be a lot easier for them to transition into what we call being able to tap into cognitive resource, uh, cognitive reserve, mm-hmm. and that is let's let's teach them how to to dig deep or or dig down to find out what are some protective factors that keeps you from self harm mm-hmm. or that keeps you from suicide thoughts and behaviors. Let's work on that. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm I'm studying that right now pretty pretty hard through my doctoral program, um, getting ready to enter into a capstone project. Uh, where we're going to see um, how effective the enhan- enhanced resilience program is with RSP soldiers, with new soldiers, and some other soldiers as well as a group, mm-hmm. and um, um, we're, we're going to see if, if where they're at with their um, where they're at with their protective factors. Are they low on the scale? Mm-hmm. Do they have do they have the internal, external, and emotional stability that they should have? Are they low on that scale, or are they high? Where mm-hmm. they, oh, you have, you're, you're doing quite well. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot more resiliency than one that doesn't have a lot of protective factors in their toolbox, mm-hmm. and so they're at a higher risk. So if I could use this, throw this out, the inverse correlation is the more protective factors you have in your toolbox, the lower risk you are for suicide thoughts and behaviors. Mm-hmm. And the Missouri Army National Guard, what FWS is doing right now is trying to establish. They're trying to teach, you know, in many different ways. They're trying to, to uh, teach soldiers to be resilient to problems where they can resource them they can get them the resources they need or they get them the help that they need so they can continue on with their mission so protective factors is very interesting i when i read the research i I kind of did some self-reflection thinking, why didn't i look more at protective yeah. factors because it's not a new thing; it's been out since two thousand. I mean, I think it got it got kind of big in two thousand eight, where a uh-huh. lot of researchers were saying maybe we need to turn the tide and start looking this way.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's more asset based than uh, your weaknesses and stuff.
1: And so, when you read all the stuff about it, a lot of professionals and and such as you and and researchers and and doctors and stuff, they'll say, "Well, we're not getting the outcomes; we're not getting the." Um, outcomes that we expected Mm -hmm. from just identifying the risk factors like Mm -hmm. um yeah your diet's not good you're you have a family history and uh oh by the way you've you've had your brother or your sister or one of your loved ones had a suicide incident not too long ago so you're not more you're more now at risk so Mm -hmm. (coughs) um those are good those are good things to look at but there's no those those aren't getting the treat the when you use that as a treatment when you use that as a foundation to treat the person it might not get the outcome that you're yes. they're not getting the outcomes they expected so protective factors seems to be doing better and mm-hmm. they're looking at uh, researchers want more studies is let's 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 turn the focus to to what protects the person from self harm mm-hmm. not so much what your risks
0: what your risks are does that make sense oh yeah yeah totally because you know it even relates into young kids as well too mm-hmm. the more protective factors uh, a child has you know from from birth on or inside the womb, uh, the better chance of success. So, um, and at times by time, you know, you guys get them in the national guard, there could have been a lot of ups and downs in that person's life. And then what can you guys do to wrap again? And then, well, and I was having a conversation with somebody at work about some meetings we've been having um, Mm -hmm. as we're looking at some different change and um, trying to find some uh, reasons to some of the problems we're having, you know, and she was like, let's flip it and have this asset-based approach and i'm like oh yeah yeah okay. because you know, when, when, yep. when she described it i was like oh yeah we are very like this is not going well this is not going well so it's like well what are we doing good and how can we actually build that better on top of that Correct. so right. totally it makes sense right um pretty cutting edge for you guys to be doing that within the military if you think about that right
1: well yeah and our mental health you know like i said our, our mental health division there they 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 know they're well versed in as well mm-hmm. as I am in protective factors, um, they they know how important they are. Um, I just I just don't think like um, you know some of the programs that we have in the Missouri National Guard. We're developing. I think we're going to start developing more um, protective factors based programs, and and they and they already exist. But like the Enhanced Resilience Program. I just yeah, want to talk see. about um,
0: talk about that enhanced resilience yeah, program. Yeah, the ERP. So that yeah. that
1: that was something that started about 2014. Uh, we picked it off the ground. We 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 put a conglomerate, well, not conglomerate, I said a cornucopia of programs together. That, um, that deals with financial stability. You know, relationship stuff. Um, and then it has like a stuff about. Um, Training, you know your benefits what kind of benefits you can have what kind of benefits you'll develop over time in your career Just some real good resourcing programs Like six or seven resourcing programs. And they talk about suicide prevention. They talk about substance use prevention mm-hmm. You know, they're they're giving these soldiers all these programs. So it's a, it's over a, a weekend Friday Saturday and a Sunday so they, they start Friday they come out Sunday Hopefully, with you know, and, and and with all this knowledge, and then at the end of the ERP, what I call ERP, the Enhanced Resilience Program, mm-hmm. they develop what's called a um, individual development plan, an IDP, mm-hmm. and just like just like in therapy. Yeah, you got a and treatment plan. You, you yeah. have to you have to put a plan in writing, and you have to make sure they're sticking sticking to that, right? They're following. It. So, and then and then what the chaplaincy will do is they'll they'll help them create that IDP, and then they'll follow them over a certain time to see if they're um, you know, are they coming back on the radar screen with a problem? Are they coming up on the radar screen with a problem? Mm-hmm. Or are they doing well? And so um, what, I would, what I'm would, what i going to do, the, the, the ERP, it's just, it's like, it's almost like everything that Family Warrior Support has to offer in one package. Wow. Wow. And so that's why I'm like, okay, let's study that. Let's, let's, let's put a, um, what they call the SRI-25, the Suicide Resilience Inventory, hyphen 25, it's an, it's an inventory um, that measures when a soldier goes through that program, where do they rate on protective factors? Are they internally strong? Are they externally strong? And do they have the emotional stability? Mm-hmm. And do a pre-survey, then the ERP, and then the post-survey to see if they've learned anything or if they're either higher on the scale or they're lower mm-hmm. or they're the same. You gotta kind of gauge where that's at. Um, I know I got off on a tangent to get on the um, on the study, but it's it's so important to study your yeah. your interventions because yeah. if they're not hitting target, then you need to refine them, adjust, and <clears> adjust, go. Yeah, right? Yeah. And so the ERP's just it's an amazing program. It's we've refined it over the years, and, and we keep refining it, but it's it's a really effective thing to do. It really works out pretty well. So um, so we're gonna know more soon that but the ERP has been around since 2013 2014 and um, we have a new program that we've put into it now called prime for life mm-hmm. have you ever heard of it and, that, and that's uh, some of the active duty components use um, prime for life where it talks about you know suicide prevention talks about substance abuse uh, substance abuse prevention and and stuff like that so mm-hmm. um, just once again a lot of different programs um, wrapped into one package where the soldiers sit down on a Friday they, they they go through the entire thing. They come out Sunday and we hope that they come out stronger on the resilience end. Mm-hmm. And that is, we'll see you later. Thank you for coming to the program. Three months later, if there's something that happens that they'll be able to resource, they, they retain what they learn. Yeah. You know how important that is. If it's a financial situation, yeah. you know where to go to get help in the Missouri Army National
0: Guard. Yeah, and y- yeah, exactly. You have that, that wrap around service um, of your people. And relationships. And that, rela- uh, that's the key to everything, right? Relationships seem to be a top mm-hmm. cause of issues. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and you know how a lot of different things can come out of relationship problems. And yeah. so, um, um, you know, that's, you have to address it. Mm-hmm. You have to address the stress and the resilience that, you know, the stress that comes with that. Mm-hmm. So um, Awesome. yeah, so the ERP is doing well and we're gonna see, we're gonna see, we're, we'll take a, a group of soldiers through uh, in the next cycle that occurs and we'll see where, where they're at and then we'll refine the program or we'll keep it the way that it is.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that's what it's all about. Right. Is um, figuring out where people are at and where you guys need to adjust. So mm-hmm. very, very much so. Yeah. So amazing. Um, you know, so I, I hope people, you know, kind of stayed with us and listened to this whole podcast. You know, sometimes I wonder how many people listen to me fully, you know, <laughs> but because you guys, I, I guess I'm just, I can't give you guys credit enough for what you're doing. So one, you know, you're serving our country, right? Yeah, right. Um, and uh, you know, so much we owe everyone in the military and every branch, um, a thank you for that. Right. But at the same time, you guys are trying to build better people. Mm-hmm. Um, not just better soldiers, not just better um active duty personnel, right? Or even um, people are just doing one week in the year, getting deployed or then 15 to 16 days um, right, uh, right. during the year. Right. But you're building better people. Um, and then those people are coming back into um, regular communities, regular society, and taking skills that um, you've helped them hone. And, and hopefully then they take that and then they teach somebody else. They're teaching their kids, they're teaching their spouse. That's what we want. Um, yeah, you know, so, so amazing work you guys are doing. Right. Um, I'm so glad you are able to come on here sure. today with us. Um, and, of course, with Major St- Steve, Stephen Baker. Right, uh, right. These are all your opinions, right? right. Um, these are all uh, what you, what, uh, your beliefs and, right. and where we're at. But um, once, once again, um, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and thanks thank for, you for what you do.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate
0: it. It's been, it's been a good time. Awesome. Yep. I have a feeling we could have kept on for about six more hours, oh, but we'd probably need definitely. some more drinks and food. Um, Almost definitely. we could here. Talk about this all day yeah, long. Yeah, exactly. So I think we'll probably definitely have you on again. But once again, this has been Mental Health Matters. Um, if you're interested in anything you heard, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. Um, even if you have some questions for uh, Major Baker, you can find me and then I'll find Major Baker. And uh, if you're curious about our services at St. Louis Counseling, go to stlouiscounseling.org and you can find uh, services anywhere you look. So once again, thank you, Major Baker.
1: Thank you for having me. I I appreciate it. Thank you very much.
0: And until next time, this is Mental Health Matters. This has been Mental Health Matters with Tom Duff of St. Louis Counseling Services. Check out stlouiscounseling.org for more information.